Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews. We did it, we did it together, and uh, it's just so exciting for me to just be a part of this with them, with all the 11 other players. It's truly an experience that I will cherish forever. Taking you beyond the ropes. Whatever you think is possible for you, or, or even what's not possible, you know, beyond your wildest dreams, go for it. You know, just go for it and think big and believe in yourself and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything. Unforgettable stories. He's hit some putts with it, so he gets his phone out and he just takes a picture of the grip and down the putter and doesn't say anything and he just pings it to Tiger. And of course, Tiger pinged him right back like, what in the hell are you doing with my putter? Do not touch that putter. <laughs> a bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday, one and all PGA Merchandise Show Week is underway here in this massive, massive Orange County Convention Center for my 30th PGA Merchandise Show. And I'll tell you what, it never gets old. I am as excited every year about hanging out just like I was yesterday at Demo Day to see all of you and all the equipment. And here we are so pumped up because we're inside of this massive building looking at everything that's going to define the game of golf on the equipment side and more in the year 2020. It's the center of the golf industry right now. It's the major for the business side of the game. There will be billions of dollars of commerce that will be conducted right here this week. We have so much to get to today. There's a lot of golf this week, including what's going on out in California with Tiger, as well as the, you know, the Farmers Insurance Open out there. A lot of big guns, a lot of big names get their 2020 started, at least some of them getting it started on the PGA Tour, if you please. We'll get a chance to hear from some of the other big names in the event later on today as well. But first, we start with more of these interviews surrounding this, this PGA Merchandise Show, and surrounding the product that will define, again, 2020. You guys are aware of how proud I am to be an ambassador for FootJoy at the recent PGA Tour Superstore Training Summit at Streamsong Resort. I had an opportunity to see the line again, and this time it was for 2020, and you are going to love what we're about to talk about. Rich Fryer's joining us, Director of Product Management for FootJoy Footwear. Rich, welcome. Let's jump right into this. The first thing I started out with was looking at the Pro SL and then the Pro SL Carbon. So how about we start with the tried and true Pro SL? What do we got for 2020? Yeah, the Pro SL was a fun one to work on. Uh, you know, Pro SL, most sold shoe in the U.S. market, number one shoe on the PGA Tour, European Tour, etc., so first thing we did, we wanted to consult our, our tour players uh, who know enough of the shoe, and we said, hey, we, we want to make some changes and improvements to ProSL. And the first thing they said was, no, 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 don't touch it, leave it alone, I like it just the way it is. <laughs> but we, we managed to dig a little bit deeper than that, and uh, we understood the things they really loved and the things that if, if we could improve slightly that, that they wanted us to work on. So what we've got is a, a brand new outsole, Infinity outsole, um, it's going to give a little bit more stability, so it's 10% wider in the heel, 8% wider in the forefoot, and we've added 30% more traction elements. So who doesn't want more stability? Who doesn't want more, more traction? Uh, we've maintained the fit. We've, we've increased a little bit of the comfort. Um, and we've got a very cool new upper design, very striking, uh, with a power harness there. So it's going to harness the – we're going to have the stability under the foot, but we're also going to have stability in and around the foot as well. 
so not only have we created a brand new ProSL, we had a little bit of fun. We've also created, as you say, ProSL Carbon. This is uh, uh, an, an even more technically advanced shoe. We have uh, a tuned carbon fiber, full-length carbon fiber piece embedded in the midsole. It's going to give a little bit more torsional rigidity, a bit more control underfoot. Um, and already both of these shoes have received rave reviews on, on the tours around the world. Awesome stuff. Now, just jumping back to the ProSL for one second, when uh, Rich is talking about the Infinity Soul, it's it's the way that the soul is designed and almost looks like the Infinity sign, the eight, if you please, on the bottom, so you can get that traction. But in the middle of it, where what do I call them? The the two foam densities that are at the the top of the of the middle foot and then down towards the heel uh, again for so that you have the the traction that you need, but you also have have the comfort for the long haul. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that makes the the ProSL uh, ProSL carbon outsole so so special, so difficult to manufacture, is the fact that we have these two densities of foam, these two hardnesses of foam. So the lower level of foam, that's what runs around the perimeter of the shoe. You want that to be a little bit firmer. That's going to give the, the lateral stability while you swing. But then on top of that, and then poking through the poking through the bottom as well, that's where we have the softer durometer foam. That's the thing that's going to be immediately under your foot and give you that give you that soft walking comfort for the five, six, seven miles that you end up walking in the round. So that, com- that combination is a complicated manufacturing process, but it's one now that, that we've perfected and, and clearly with the, the amount of for ourselves wandering the fairways of the world, we think we've done a we think we've done a pretty good job, and it's what people like. The Pro SL Carbon then has a beautiful carbon. I'll call it a collar down down around the the heel above the the mid layer of the shoe and, and around the heel. It's just it's a gorgeous accent. You told us about the carbon fiber plate that's within as well for stability and control and give you a little bit of a kick there. But I remember when I looked at that shoe, I was also impressed, Rich, with the collar. Uh, when you're slipping your foot in, and then the feel of the footbed. Uh, could you tell us about those two features? Yeah, so I, I don't know anybody who's, when you talk about golf shoes and what do you want most, comfort isn't very far from the top of the list. So what we wanted sure. to do, and again, this was based on some feedback from, from the world's best players, was um, having that immediate underfoot comfort. So we have the Autolite Impressions Fitbed. That is a, a dual durometer. So we're using a lot of dual durometer things in ProSL, two densities of foam, one is like almost a, an, an impressions foam, almost like a memory foam. That top layer will take a custom fit to your foot over time, but then the layer underneath, that's just going to rebound again and again and again um, as you as you wear the shoes. So very, very comfortable under the foot. And then that 3D molded collar that runs around the, the, the heel, as you say, partially, that's partially a, a comfort feature, but also interesting when we speak to Adam Scott about footwear, and he's very in tune with every piece of his equipment. He talks about that uh, that collar, that 3D collar, actually helping him feel just that little bit more locked into the heel of the shoe. So a lot of features on the outside that you can see, and then some of those that we've hidden away on the inside. It's impressive. When you're already talking about the most popular shoe in the game and the Pro SL, wait till you guys see both the Pro SL and the Pro SL Carbon. It is that special and that beautiful. Now, I saw another shoe that was very special and very beautiful, and this thing looked like it was built for performance. I'm talking about a shoe, Rich, that was called the FootJoy Tour X. What was that about? Yeah, this was, again, this is this is direct feedback from the world's best players, from the the Rafa Cabrera Bellos, the Adam Scotts, the Justin Thomases, the Ian Poulters, 
Um, you know, particularly guys that over the years have worn our Tour S shoe, which you'll, you'll remember we launched that a couple of years ago. Great success worn by you know the Raffers, the Kevin Kisners of the world, Podrick Harrington, lots of uh, got lots of tour usage and DNA. Many people will have worn DNA over the years. And really, what we've done here is we've fused a lot of the best qualities of both of those uh, both of those shoes. So we take Tour S for example. People love the stability that it gave. They love the traction that it gave. One of the things they did say was. We'd love it. Is there a way that we can make that leather just a little bit softer, just make it a little bit more supple? And that's one of the things that DNA was really known for, that soft, supple, comfortable chroma skin leather. So we've, we've used that chroma skin leather from DNA, coupled it with that really strong base, that strong outsole from, uh, from Tor S. Um, another thing that was iconic about Tor S was that power strap, that power strap, the TPU molded piece that kind of runs around the heel and the midfoot. You know, we, we can put the most stable outsole on a product, but if you don't have structure in the upper, then a lot of that stability and a lot of that structure is lost. So you have to make sure you, you do both things. So we've got a, a new, slightly sleek, a slightly more refined power strap that's going to really harness the, the, the midfoot there. So two big features from Tor S. When you come back to DNA and DNA Helix, people that you know have worn over the years have just said, oh, the comfort. The comfort, the, the softness of the leather, but things like the Fitbed as well. Having that, that thicker Fitbed, um, more comfort. That one actually came from Fury. Um, and again, we've got a 3D molded collar running around the back, which was a key feature from from DNA Helix. And when we first gave it to the tour players, they just said, "That's everything I wanted. That was, you know, that was <laughs> everything that I loved about Tour S, with everything that I loved about DNA Helix, and that underfoot comfort that I know I experienced with Fury. You put it all into one shoe. Um, and uh, not only do we think it's a great looking package from the upper, I think when people turn it over, they'll see." quite a striking new way that we've put the logo on the bottom, which is just a little bit of fun for us, but hopefully that will come out loud and, uh, loud and proud when you see it on, on TV screens of the, uh, on the world's best players' feet. Yeah, Tour X, very impressive shoe that Rich Fryer, the director of product management for FootJoy Footwear, is explaining to us. Now, you may already know this, Rich. I may have told you last time I saw you, but I absolutely fell in love over the last year with the Flex shoe line. Uh, I wear it all the time it's the only shoe that i wear it's what i wear when i'm on golf channel but it's also what i wear when i'm playing it's what i wear when i'm going to the gym it's what i wear out casually it is my favorite shoe that you have ever made how has been the reception of flex so far and what do you have planned for 2020 yeah fair to say that's been that's been a bit of a sneaky one for us last year you know we had high hopes for the shoe when we first sampled it and shared it with the first few first few customers and first few consumers we ended up more than doubling our forecast. So we, you know, that just shows how popular that product's been. Um, and not, not only are we, are we saying, hey, you know, we're, we're happy that it's been a success, we've really added to that, that platform, that, that, that very comfortable, soft foam midsole, but the, the, you know, that Versatrax outsole, that's designed for you know, on-course and off-course. It's a proprietary design, patent-pending uh, design that gives genuine on- and off-course versatility. And as we started playing with the shoe, we started having a little bit of fun and said, well, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be just an athletic upper. Maybe we could try things a little bit more casual. So we have a coming in the middle of the season, we have a, a what we're calling a coastal version. So it looks a little bit more casual, still performs just as well on and off the golf course. Um, but really having fun, you know, the versatility that that platform gives us uh, means we can have some fun with some different designs, different materials. Probably the one that most people are waiting for. And I know, as you, uh, you mentioned, when you're at the British Open and making sure that, uh, you know, with the weather coming in, how can I get one that's waterproof? Um, and good news, we have a Flex XP that is on the shelves right now in four different colours. 
same trusted midsole outsole combo but now we have the the waterproof package and just a little and an added uh an added bit of comfort within the fitbed as well to improve on what we think was a pretty good package to start with but again listening to guys like yourselves and many other golfers it was hey I love it. Can you just make it a bit more, a bit waterproof for the, those early morning, the dew sweepers, or if it's going to get caught in the shower? And we've just done exactly that. Absolutely brilliant, Rich. So overall for FootJoy 2020, how excited are you? Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit, I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, PGA show, big week for us. Uh, many people would have, would have seen sneak peeks of this, but I know a lot of people will be getting it in their hands for the first time. So we, we think we've done a good job, but uh, we're looking forward to having people pick it up try it on and let us know what they think well i can assure you this because i've seen the stuff and and the reason why i'm associated with foot is because i want to be it's because i believe in the product and i love it and it looks fantastic congratulations on that and we wish you the very best and we thank you for your time you're welcome thanks matt it's been a great week so far. I mean, the, the stuff that, that we're able to learn and hear is amazing. You guys can learn and hear everything that you could possibly want to know about taking a trip to a magical place just by logging on to Ireland.com. As host of the Fairways of Life show, I'm very proud to be an ambassador for Ireland and the great golf that you can find there, the great Lynx golf that you can find there, the championship golf that you can find there, which included the the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush last year in Northern Ireland, or the Irish Open at Lahinch, my home course, last year. Just log on to Ireland.com, and you can find out all the information that you need to get started today. FootJoy, the number one outbrand in golf, ensures that you can make every day playable with performance gear to handle any weather condition. All FootJoy products are designed to provide the best golfing experience regardless of the conditions. Every piece of FootJoy gear goes through years of testing and validation to ensure the ultimate in golf performance. Trust the brand that has been number one forever. Learn how you can make everyday playable at footjoy.com slash M-E-D-P. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance. Visit our luxurious spa. Indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Your game deserves the best of technology. Your game deserves being custom fit for the clubs that you play. Your game deserves getting the best technology at the best value. Tour Edge has it all. They build the product in the United States. They back it by a lifetime warranty. Think about that for a second. TourEdge.com to check them out. Why do you think players at the PGA Tour Champions have checked them out of the likes of Scott McCarron and Tom Lehman? Because the technology works. Check out Tour Edge today. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, 
Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. Welcome back to the show. Well, it's here. Tiger Woods is playing this week for the first time uh, since he played at the President's Cup. Let's see what he has to offer to the world of golf. Plenty, I'm sure, as usual, plenty of questions for the man as well. Don put together this best of from his press conference. Let's have a listen to Tiger. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I've always have enjoyed coming down here to Torrey Pines and um, played here in junior golf and Obviously, played well here as as, as a professional. Um, my dad brought me down here when I was old, Andy Williams. So it uh, it's been near and dear to my heart for a number of years, and uh, looking forward to uh, getting out there and playing this year. Had a little bit of time since the end of the Presidents Cup up till now. If you could just kind of bring us up to speed on how you're feeling coming into the week and what you've been doing. Yeah, I didn't touch a club till you know after. Well, I'll take that back. I did play on my birthday, and uh, uh, that was the only day I touched the club since the President's Cup. And just wanted to get away from it. Uh, I, was, uh, I was a little bit fried, <laughs> uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and uh, just wanted to have it all in. But uh, I played on my birthday with, with my son, and we had a great time, and um, very similar to what uh, I used to do with my dad on, on each and every one of, one of my birthdays when my dad was still alive. Okay, and one last question, and we'll open it up. Uh, it's Olympic year, and just your thoughts on, with your incredible resume you already have, how much um, is the Olympics and, uh, you know, Olympic medal uh, on your mind? Is that something you have on your radar? Well, I think it, the, for the, the U.S. guys, uh, we're going to have to play well. There's a lot of us uh, that, that are in the top 15, and um, I think I just may have just fallen back into it in the fourth slot, but... There's so much golf to be played. So many big events, major championships, players, world golf championships. There's a lot of golf to be played, and uh, there will be some some pretty good fluctuating um, over the next six months. Okay, we'll take questions. Sean? You're playing with Colin. Uh, First time you'll be playing with someone or paired with someone who was born after you turned pro. What is your reaction to that? Say that question again. For, it's the first time being paired with someone who was born after you turned professional. So. <laughs> it means I've been out here a while. Um, I, that's one of the neat things about this um, this sport. It's not just encompasses a few years. Um, in order to be a good player a con- or be considered a good player, you know, in in football, it maybe you can get to a decade of playing in the league. Here, we're measured by decades played, um, which is very different. You know, some guys have played, like Arnold and Jack and Gary have been pro for over 50 years. Uh, so it's it's a different it's a different sport, but it's neat to see the young kids come out. Um, I've only seen Colin hit balls. Um, never got a chance to play with them until this week. Have you noticed a change in the way guys react to playing with you for the first time since, you know, let's say the early 2000s versus now? Level of nerves, that kind of thing? Well, it, 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 it'll be different. I mean, I, I certainly don't have the ability to hit the ball as far as I used to compared to the field. You know, that, that was the, part of the biggest difference. You know, I was one of two guys to, to hit the ball over 300 yards consistently when I first came out here. Now I've got 50-plus guys doing the same thing. So um, 
it's just a different ball game, but at the end of the day, it's how many birdies and how many mistakes can you eliminate throughout a round, throughout a tournament, can, that will lead you to a win, and hopefully that'll be the case for me this week. Jeff? Uh, Tiger, when you take time away and you come back, um, what is the, the thing that's slowest to come around when you feel, if you feel rusty? Um, is there a certain part of your game that takes a little while to kind of get back? And has that been that the same throughout your career or with experience, has that changed a little bit? Yeah, I think for me, managing, managing adrenaline um, takes a little bit of time. You know, I'm so amped up to play that I really have to dumb myself down and calm myself down to play because um, it, it's one of the things I've, I've always struggled with. I just want to get out there and compete. Um, so sometimes I need to take a step back and calm down before I'm, I'm ready. And, and finding the rhythm of the round, I always say that to you guys, that sometimes I find out on the first hole, sometimes it, it takes as long as three, four, five holes, but then hopefully I haven't made too many mistakes in those holes that I, I can then turn my turn a, a good score in. But um, sometimes it's gotten me behind, and I've missed cuts because I couldn't find the rhythm of the round fast enough. Yeah, Tiger 2 over here, right here, and then... Yeah, the last time we saw you, you were playing obviously extremely well in Australia. Um, I'm wondering when did you pick up the practice again after the new year, and uh, how has it been um, preparing for the conditions out west, which are about as different as it could be from uh, Royal Melbourne? Yeah, um, probably did start to about the fourth, yeah, about third or fourth. Um, yeah, literally concentrating while, while practicing. You know, I may hit balls here and there with with my son in the backyard, but not, nothing serious. Uh, but then I, then I started to grind up process of putting, chipping, pitching, wedging, moving my way throughout the entire bag, finally getting up to driver. So uh, that took a little bit of time and um, did a little bit of testing and trying to find some new, new clubs to hit the ball further and straighter and make me shoot lower scores. So all the good stuff. Right here, then right here. Tiger, you mentioned the, the, the driver. Uh, I know you've been testing a driver and, mm -hmm. uh, and a new golf ball. What was the, the testing process like for you? Uh, are you planning on putting any of it in the bag this week, and have you seen any improvements? I have seen improvements in the, the new sim. Um, I'm a little bit faster, um, but uh, I still need to do a little bit more testing out here. Uh, I think we're going to add a little bit of weight to it. Uh, feels a little bit light to me right now. Um, but yeah, I have picked up a little bit of speed, uh, which is nice. And um, I know what my driver can do. I, I, I know my my current driver is not maxed out. It's not supposed to be. It's a uh, it's a driver where I can hit a I can hit a draw anytime I want. And then when I do hit a cut, it doesn't really go very far. But I know I can turn it at any given time. Uh, that's what I want with the sim driver. Same thing. I want to be able to draw and then hit my little slap cut up there. It's kind of shortening the fairway. And uh, trying to find, you know, both. Meanwhile, giving me more distance with both shots would be uh, ideal. Right here, then Doug. Now, this is uh, Tiger over here. This is Jack's uh, 80th birthday, and so mm. this happens. A lot of us, a lot of us, and a lot of fans speculate on how many majors you might have had if not for the years that mm -hmm. you lost. Uh, do you ever spend any time speculating on that or thinking about it? Not really, because you know. To even get to the number I got to, or I'm at right now, 15's a lot. And that's, uh, you know, 
not too many guys and who are around have have seen that kind of number before. Um, so it, it's just going to take time. It took Jack about 26 years to get to it. It's taken me 20 some odd years to get to mine. So it just takes time to accumulate the number of wins. And yes, there were a number of years where I didn't compete and didn't play. Um, so those were some missed opportunities. But granted, I'm playing again now, which is uh, these are blessed opportunities. I didn't think I would have these. Doug? Tiger, it seems like the, the older you get, the expectations are just as strong. You'd think it'd be the other way around, that when a guy gets older, the expectations come down a little bit. You can't control what the public thinks, but what about you? How do you what are your expectations level like as, as time has gone on, as the years have gone Well, on? when I was younger, it, it, <clears throat> it was, uh, I had more good days than bad. Um, feeling-wise. Now at 44, I am feel more bad days than I do good days. <laughs> and I think all of you who are at my age or older can relate to that. And I think that's the hardest part about um, being an older athlete. You, know, you see it all the time on, at the Masters. You see it every single year. Either Fred, Langer, or somebody's up there for about two to three days. Then they fade. Um, it's hard to put it together for all four days as you get older, it's just harder. And um, that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed is it's harder to do, it's just harder to recover now. Um, but, you know, uh, I've been able to have won a, a few tournaments since I've made my, my comeback and, uh, and hopefully I win some more. Tiger, with number 83 looming, is there a building excitement within yourself, your camp, and secondly, is there a sporting milestone or two from your life watching other people achieve something that kind of stands out to you? Well, I think that the, the number, just trying to get to 83, I don't think that, it, it really doesn't, I really don't think about it because I have to think about all the things I need to do to win the golf tournament. There's so many different shots I have to play and strategy and thinking my way around the golf course, that I'm more consumed in that. Now, as far as streaks, um, I think probably one of the all-time best when I was growing up was Edwin Moses. What, he win like 113 straight races or some, something stupid like that? Um, you got to lose one of them, right? You know, clip your foot on the hurdle or something. Um, but not, nothing happened. Tucker, just, just as a follow, if you were to have a chance to win on a Sunday, you were right there. There's people are going to in this world are going to want to pull that you know we would probably recognize these people. Um, do you find that interesting that the world may come to that green to kind of see you achieve what you? Let's just get there first. <laughs> okay. Right here, then front and center. Bobby? Uh, Tiger, um, you're playing so well at the end there last year. Uh -huh. Certainly the win, and then the Bahamas, you had a chance, played great at the President's Cup. Is there any carryover or momentum, or are you kind of starting over again? Well, I feel like I, I ended the year on a, on a good note, and <clears throat> I felt like uh, my game really didn't need a whole lot of kind of dusting. Um, but I am, as I said, I am putting some new woods in play this week, so I'm going to have to do some little bit of testing there and 
making sure they're ready to go. If not, I'll go back to my old faithful. Um, as far as everything else is, is the same in the bag. Uh, Tiger, uh, multiple uh, question, part of question. Um, have you had a chance to play uh, South Coast with the new bunkerings? And also uh, uh, from not just a player, but a golf architect that you are. Just curious to see if you have any opinion on what makes a fair U.S. Open test uh, um, that I hear here at 21. Um, I have not seen the, the, the new bunkering in person. I've seen it in photos that um, somebody was kind enough to send me. But um, no, I haven't seen it in, in person. I'll, I'll see it tomorrow during the Pro-Am, playing the South Course tomorrow at 6.40, so I'll see it then. Uh, what makes it for a fair U.S. Open? I just think that narrow fairways, hard greens, high rough. This doesn't need to be complicated. Um, that's what I grew up playing, and that's what I grew up watching. Um, you missed a fairway, you were punished. Uh, rarely ever a person ever advanced the ball to the green. Um, so back with the days I used to watch, you know, the, the main stars in U.S. Opens were, it seemed like Lee Jansen or um, Payne Stewart or Scott Simpson. Those guys seemed to be up there on the leaderboard, Tom Kite, like every single U.S. Open, just because they played that kind of game. And I understand they, they want to have it exciting, but also I think it's, it's exciting when it's just narrow and tough. Couple more right here. Yeah, Tiger, the 18 majors is the one that gets sort of all the press. Um, but how do you compare 82 versus 18 in terms of, of a record? Um, you know, what, what it means and, and how important it is to you? Well, it's, win, it's being able to win consistently and win a lot. I mean, to, and to have to, you know, I think in the course of my career, I won about five times in a year, like 10 times. So um, you get, you gotta gotta get it in bunches if you want to get to the 82 total, or if you want to go the 18 route and just do what um, Brooksy's doing, you can do it that way too. Um, there's different ways to doing it. I think that winning breeds winning. Um, when I won other golf tournaments, I felt more confident going into major championships, and I was able to take off some of the majors because of it. Okay, we'll finish up right here. Tiger, coming back from all the surgeries. You know your body differently now. Is preparation radically different from when you were a superstar dominating the tour? What's it been like psychologically for you to fight all the way back and do what you did at the end of last season? Yeah, it is. It's, it is different. You know, um, well, let's say, for example, if, if you and I want to go hit balls right now or go play golf right now, I couldn't go right to the first tee and hit a, you know, a big tee shot. I could maybe chip a driver and maybe 100 yards. Um, I need... To get worked on, I need to stretch, I need to get loosened up, um, and then start the process on the range of moving. It, it's hard, you know, I have a fixed point in my lower back, it's not moving, so I have to loosen everything else around it. Remember, you can hear all of the press conferences in their entirety, unedited and raw on the entire Fairways of Life platforms. It starts with fairwaysoflife.com, if you please. It's also our Fairways of Life apps, good for any type of phone that you work, or it's literally every major audio platform any place around the world. And as always, not only is it available to you 24-7, so where you want it, when you want it, how you want it, it is always 
free because we believe in the transparency of these press conferences. And while Don puts together these nice little bests of that you hear in our different daily shows, if you want to have access to every word that the players say, that's why we've partnered up with the PJ Tour and the European Tour and the LPGA, just to name three, to ensure that we can bring you full press conferences. And we're very proud that we can do that for you because we know that it's exactly what you want to hear from. Not from us, but from the players. So it's been a while since we've heard the name of Jordan Spieth, hasn't it? Obviously, he wasn't part of the President's Cup, something surely he doesn't want to miss in the future. We got a Ryder Cup year coming up this year. He's definitely been struggling to find his form, though, of late. Well, he'll get his first chance in 2020 this week at the Farmers Insurance. He spoke to the media yesterday, had some pretty interesting stuff to say. Here you go. It feels good. This place is so beautiful. Um, it's a really nice, kind of peaceful place to start the season. Um, you know, I had a kind of a long break between PGA Tour starts now from China until here. So uh, it's been, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm ready to get going and should play a pretty heavy stretch coming up here. So um, this will be the, the first one. And I'm looking for, um, you know, some momentum to build on. In your first start of the new calendar year here in 2020, how have your off weeks been and how do you feel about this week? Yeah, good. I've been, um, been working, you know, uh, holidays were, were fun. It was nice to do a little mix of home and travel and then uh, was able to be home to kind of get to work and get geared up for 2020. And certainly, um, you know, I've set some lofty goals for myself as I do every year and looking forward to kind of bounce back on track and, and like I said, gather some momentum starting early in the season. Perfect. We'll open it up for questions. Please use the mic if you have a question. We'll start up in the front. Jordan, good morning. You made such a splash when you came onto the tour very early and you had such enormous accomplishments at such a young age. What's the psyche of a golfer who then hits bumps in the road and try to gather back to what you were before, considering you still have a lot of time left in your career, but how hard is it to have it go away from you? Thank you. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, from when I was 12 years old on, it's been kind of easier. And then at some point it, it got a little harder and so it was a little bit of a um okay you know a little bit of panic to start and then i think last year i did a good job of staying patient with myself recognizing that it's part of the game and um trying to just kind of take each week to make little improvements and then wait till the off season to try and um nail things down and and uh and regroup for the next season so i kind of feel blank slated here i almost kind of i almost am approaching it like i was in 2013 where i just kind of feel like i'm um, kind of hopefully ready to uh, kind of bounce back to, like you said, where I've been in the past. And um, not necessarily that doesn't mean it's going to happen right away, but kind of build to that. And I feel like, uh, you know, I got out of the off-season tournaments or the, the fall tournaments what I wanted to, um, to an extent. It was a little trial and error and uh, was able to have some time to rest and then and recover and then practice gearing up. So, um I think big picture, I have a, a really good frame of mind, um, which should allow me to um, to build some patience into uh, getting my game where I want it to be. Point in the middle. Jordan, what are the results that you're seeing from the work? What what is what's encouraging you? What and what have you kind of specifically worked on? Yeah, I think I needed to. Um, I needed some mechanical adjustments that had gotten off in my in my swing. Um, you know, I putted and chipped the ball really nicely last year, so trying to continue that trend um, and, and maintain where I was. But 
with the full swing, especially as I got into the longer clubs, my timing got pretty off. So I was trying to um, trying to gather that back to um, to where it was. Did some um, some solid research with a lot of um, technology that I'd used in the past and periodically over my career to kind of um, see some red flags and then and then adjust accordingly. So um, I haven't played any tournament rounds. So as far as what you asked, what kind of results you're seeing from it. Um, I expect it to be, uh, you know, certainly going out and trusting what I can trust and whether that goes uh, really well to start or, or it builds up, um, I know I'm on the right track. No. Yeah. So how hard is it to, once you've seen the, the results on the, the technology that you're using, then convert that? It's one thing to see it and another thing yeah, no, it was more what I was saying with the, you know, 3D or whatever it may be. That was actually to see the red flags. That wasn't like I got on it to prove that I'm like I, I know my feels. I know when it feels good. I know when you know I'm over the ball and and I you know I can split that tree and that tree with this ball flight. And I know when I'm over it and and I just got to make do. So it's when I start to kind of garner that control on the range and transfer it to you know rounds I play at home and then you transfer it to rounds on Tuesday, Wednesday and then you take it into tournament play. So, um, you know, first first tournament and, uh, you know, first PGA Tour event, like I said, in three months. Um, so I'm just kind of anxious to get going and um, and I'm not putting huge expectations on the start, just more so I want to stay with, uh, stay with kind of the the trend, the, the, the practice, the feels that, um, that I've been doing, not audible out of them for what's comfortable, but instead power through. Going on the left, then Sean. You said in the Bahamas, I'm here, sorry. You said in the Bahamas that you weren't really going to watch the President's Cup. I think you had a vacation planned. I'm wondering if you caught any of the action and what it felt like watching a team event from the sidelines for the first time since you came out here, really. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was able to watch uh, a little bit of it. I didn't watch a ton of it, but um, certainly was there to watch, you know, my fellow teammates I've had in the past and friends. And, uh, you know, I love that golf course, like I mentioned ahead of time. I've played it before, and so it was really cool to see um, how the country kind of came together there and, and um, how the golf course played. I mean, it just looked looked like it was a really enjoyable experience for all. And um, for me personally, it really sucked. Yeah, I mean, it was I – hated, I hated not being there to help support, you know, to the team and, and be a part of it and, and gain points for Team USA. Um, that part was really tough, as I expected. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's fire to to, never, to not miss another one. Sean, on the right. When you're doing like the 3D motion capture and stuff, are you comparing to numbers from like 2015 and 2017, or do you feel like you're doing something new? No, I, I'm I'm looking back. Um, different different times that I've done it in different systems, it's sometimes hard to get. But there. Um, yeah, the idea is to try and do it when, uh, obviously, when things are going really well. Um, that's very that's probably the most important time to go do something so that you can always kick back on track. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, like I mentioned, I'm just trying to get my timing down a little bit better. It's nothing, nothing crazy, um, nothing wildly, you know, no big changes or anything. It's just simply uh, finding ways to go back in time almost to where I'm swinging my swing instead of trying to trying to do anything special. Right. Uh, presumably, you know, the 
Ryder Cup would be one of those lofty goals, but how do you not let that get in the way of more immediate goals as you try to get to that point here as you start the season? It's not hard. That just comes with accomplishing other goals. Um, there's no Ryder Cup qualifying tournament, you know. Uh, I put focus on the majors every year, and if I do my job in those majors, then the rest of the, the perks come with it, including being on the Ryder Cup team. So um, it's not hard to, to not look ahead uh, for me. I, you know, like I said, you just focus on the here and now. Bob and Rex. Jordan, did watching the President's Cup give you any more motivation than than you would have already had anyway? Or I mean, did it? Did I don't know it if it like added more. It was more just like, yeah, I don't I don't know if it added. I don't think I needed any more. You know, once the teams came out and I wasn't going, it was that was kind of where it was, which I obviously knew and voiced to you guys. I didn't think I deserved to go um, off of last season. Um, so it was I, it was just one of those like I just kind of wished I was there helping the team out. Um, playing my best golf for the team. That's there's there's very few better feelings than playing your best golf, you know, representing your country in, in those team events. So um, that was more the feeling. It wasn't extra motivation. It was already there. Rex, then Doug. Jordan, last week when they announced the new pace of play policy, you, you kind of came up as an example of someone who looked at where you were on the list as far as how much average time you took, and it really improved your time year over year. I think it was two seasons ago. How were you able to do that? Do you think the new policy will prompt more players to do that? Well, I think one, it was selfish for me. I, I just felt like um, I felt like uh, it was better for me to take less time, stop thinking as much, and just and hit the ball. Um, second of all, I was in the lead a lot more often when I was playing slower, so there's bigger crowds and more more factors that you get like. You know, when, when Tiger plays, you know, he does, he's a fast player, but a lot of times that group takes a while because you just have to deal with the thousands and thousands of people that are crossing that you got to wait for or whatever it may be. So um, I think this more individualized look, more um, – these rules officials have been out here for, you know, so many years. They, they understand the pace. They understand when you have the other stuff going on, um, and I think that – I think what we'll end up seeing is a more, um, ideally, you know, you can't really just improve pace of play by like, you can't just say, oh, our rounds are gonna go from 440 to 340, that just doesn't happen. Like golf courses are, are very difficult and it takes a certain amount of time. But if you can limit the individualized, you know, significant overtimes, um, then I think overall, it's just a better product that we're putting out there, um, whether it's, people in your own group or how it appears to the public. And I think that was the number one goal. Um, for me, it was just, yeah, I think it was just, I just didn't enjoy having that label and wanted to change it. Take the last one with Doug. When, when players are referred to as a technical player, do you think that comes with negative connotations? Um, personally, I would rather not be. Um, but I don't necessarily think there's negative connotations with it. I think, you know, certain people, that's the way that they improve. That's the way that they find their, um, you know, their, their pocket, their way, to, um, their way to swing the club and their way to putt. But uh, overall, if you ask me my opinion, I think it requires a level of feel to be able to travel and play 
um, all over the world in different conditions, different environments, different grass types, and be able to adapt. I think it requires a certain significant level of feel, but there are definitely other events where um, where you can just be technical and, and it, it, it's an even playing field. I, 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 think my, I think of myself as a field player, I think um, I get into trouble if I get towards the technical side. Just take one more here. Well, that sort of maybe answers the question I was about to ask, but are you at a process, in a place where you're trying to just get back to playing golf instead of golf swing? Have you found yourself fighting between those? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a balance of trying, because there are significant things I needed to adjust mechanically, so I, that'll be unfortunately something that, but I mean, I've won golf tournaments thinking about my swing pretty hard every swing, and I've won them where it was easy and I was playing shots. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't hinder, but it's a lot easier to um, to be more comfortable if you don't have to think about the swing. But you know, there most of the guys out here are standing on the first tee with at least one or two swing feels for how to you know how to get pull the club back and how to get it you know approaching the ball the way you want it to. So um, I would like to shift more towards the seeing the shots, but um, you can't. It's not that easy. You have to be you know in place to do so. More equipment coming up from the PGA Merchandise Show at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida, right here on the Fairways of Life Show. It's time for you to discover Stream Song, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. FootJoy, the number one outer brand in golf, ensures that you can make every day playable with rain jackets for all weather conditions. New to the FJ Performance Outwear lineup this year is the all-new DryJoy Select LS, the lightest, most waterproof garment FJ has ever produced, setting a new standard in rain wear. Amazingly, it's actually lighter than a golf shirt, but still fully waterproof. You can shop now at footjoy.com M-E-D-P. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. BenHoganGolf.com is where you can go to see the beautiful product that's being produced right now, bearing the name of the legend. You know, when he founded the original company in 1953, Ben Hogan said he did it, quote, to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world, end quote, and that is exactly what their mantra is today, only it's going directly to you, not through retail stores, so they're saving that 40%, 50% retail markup. You can get the best, and you can get it directly from their master craftsmen. Log on to BenHoganGolf.com now. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? 
It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Hey, my new book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. Moments like this. The 1973 U.S. Open. Here's Johnny Miller. He got a letter also on Saturday morning and said, you're going to win the U.S. Open from some guy in Iowa. And I never got a letter that that's all it was. They didn't sign it, nothing. It was just from Iowa. You're going to win the U.S. Open. So it was sort of an interesting experiences that led up to that uh, winning that Open. Uh, and, and the round itself was sort of out of nowhere because it just was a, a perfect round of golf. I mean, it literally was a perfect round of golf. The book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. I hope you enjoy it. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold, including barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. Welcome back. It's Equipment Focus Week here on the Fairways of Life show. It's the PGA Merchandise Show Week 2020. If there's a product you heard about or that you're interested in, you want to get your hands in this product, we're going to talk about it this week. Speed is so important in the game of golf, and maximizing the speed, particularly when you're standing on the tee, is critical. Tom Lasofsky is joining us. He's the vice president of R&D for Cobra Golf to talk to us about what's new from Cobra and how it could be a speedy breakthrough for all of you. Tom, how have you been? I've been great, Matt. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you're surviving what is, I'm sure, a very busy week for you. You want to tell us about what's new at Cobra Golf for 2020 and what people want to go out and test? Well, you know, we want you to step into the Speed Zone. Uh, Speed Zone is our new family from the King, and we're trying to uh, give you more speed. Every golfer wants more speed. Uh, in all their full swing shots. So that's something we're trying to provide, you know, and we work on a bunch of different zones of the club head to give you that. So that's where the speed zone name came from. And we're mm-hmm. building on some great momentum that we had last year with the King F9 Speedback. So uh, we're all about speed at Cobra Golf. All right. So the new drivers that are taking advantage of this speed in the form of the speed zone, what do they look like? Tell me about the shape. Tell me about the technology that contributes to this more speed and, as a result, more distance. Yeah, what we keep doing, Matt, is re-engineering the head through use of materials and properties and manufacturing techniques so that we can provide the most speed. You know, and the most important thing always is the face of, uh, of the driver and the irons uh, and other clubs is really how can you get more speed out of that face. We know there's still a USGA limit we have to work with. But we want to get you more speed on the off-center hits. We want to get you more precision in that club to get you more speed. So on the driver, the lead story in what we call a power zone is the CNC-milled Infinity Face this year. That's new from last year. Uh, we've been milling faces for a couple of years now, but the Infinity Face is taking it to a whole new level. We're, we're machining 95% more of that club head than we were in the past. That gives us more precision and more speed. Now, when when you do that, if I remember correctly, uh, it, when you look at the, the speed zone driver, you can kind of see the way the carbon on the top, it all looks decoupled. There's an integration with this driver that that one piece is working in union with another. It, could you explain to, to the world what I, what, what, what I saw there? 
Yeah, that's really cool in terms of the, the chassis and the structure. You know, we've taken these uh, drivers and really designed them to be like race cars. You know, race cars are trying to optimize weight and strength and all those things. So when you look at our chassis, it's a T-bar chassis now, which is a little different than what we had in the past. And it's basically, you know, we, we kind of use the inspiration of the old T-tops, you know, where you have that bar through the center. Well, now there's mm. a bar in the titanium casting that goes from the face all the way to the back. And that reinforces the crown, but it also helps us remove a lot more weight uh, by using carbon fiber on the outside. So we have two pieces now of carbon fiber that go on the outside and help us save a lot of weight. Now, when we say a lot of weight, that's six grams of weight we're saving, and we're going to put that in places that give you more distance and better launch and more speed. Now, what did you do with with the, Obviously, it's always a, an objective with the center of, of gravity that, that you move it down, you move it back, so you get a higher initial launch angle. Given the shape that you're dealing with and the new chassis, the way that you designed it, did that help you in terms of the extremes of what you could move and where? For sure, Matt. You know, when you think about uh, last year, again, our, our name was Speedback, and that was our technology we were combining improved aerodynamics with a raised crown with a lower back CG weighting structure. So uh, this year we've improved that where on the speed zones now we're having between 65 and 69 grams that are down low and back. And all that extra weight that we took out of the top going low and back is going to get a higher launch and less spin, which we know is the key to more distance for all players. So that's the one thing that you see in the shape. There's a great aerodynamic shape in that, and everybody else seems to be talking about aerodynamics this year. Uh, we yeah. had that last year, so that's something we felt like we, we led the industry in. But by combining all that shaping and structure improvements together into the speed zone, we're going to improve on even what we had last year. When Jose showed me the driver a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that stuck out to me was how much it reminded me of a really high-end uh, performance car, almost like a race car, and even even looking at it from the back of of the head, not the face, from the back of the head, it reminded me even more so of that look. How how much was that the objective in terms of when you look at this thing? It looks like it's built to perform. Well, you know, our designers spend a lot of time looking at some of the imagery in the world and other industries. And in fact, a few of the guys just got back from the uh, auto show in L.A. A little bit ago you know over the holiday so we take those inspirations you know and we're trying to make the driver look fast just sitting in the rack or sitting on the ground uh and all the design inspiration is taken in many ways we use formula one as as the the, the highest form of motor racing to look at all the things they do with materials and shapes and structures and aerodynamics uh we also take some cues you know when you look at the back where we put some of that extra tungsten and weighting you know the back is designed to look like a, a high-end performance tailpipe system that you see on a lot of very expensive automobiles. So all those design cues are, you know, we're trying to incorporate those into the driver um, because we know in many cases golfers are buying these products. They want them to look great. They want them to look great in their bag. They want them to perform great. So we're trying to marry that great performance with great looks and great design. Are you as excited, Tom, about this driver as any of you guys have ever produced? Well, I certainly am, Matt. You know, we had a great year last year with the King F9 Speedback, but this year, uh, we're building on some momentum, and we feel like we're going to continue to grow. I think the other thing that's exciting is, you know, we have the standard speed zone driver, and then we also have the speed zone extreme, which is a uh, very purpose-built design to give us a much higher moment of inertia. In fact, higher than any Cobra has uh, done in the last 10 years. So this is giving us a great new performance place to grow our business and to provide 
better distance and, and forgive us for more golfers. So we got the speed zone and the speed zone extreme. In fact, it's pretty interesting that uh, even last week, um, Ricky Fowler put the extreme version into play. And that wasn't really surprising to us because we know in general he's like the, the smaller, more performance, lower spin design. But the team worked with him and get the right loss and get the right center gravity and the right weighting to that head. And he put it in play right away and had a, a top five finish. So um, we're really excited about both drivers and that we expect that to give us some growth this year. Excellent. Obviously, we're promoting people to get fit as much as we possibly can when they're getting a new driver. Uh, how much will either of these two models help the golfer that's struggling with the slice? Yeah, we think that both of those, you know, the, the key function of uh, bias to a golf club is usually the front versus back weighting. So that's the one thing that when you look at uh, back weighted designs, they have the natural ability to square the face up and help close the face and give that draw bias. So uh, in either dry, driver design, the SD, um, the standard model, we have a front to back weight setting. So it's very easy to fit those into and quickly determine which one a golfer is. In the extreme models, they're all biased to uh, the high inertia back weighting setting. So we expect that to help a lot of golfers out there that are struggling with the slice and wanting to get a little bit straighter trajectory, a little bit more distance. Excellent. How about the fairway woods with the speed zone? Is it the same technology throughout? Uh, it's similar, Matt, but what we've done is a little different. We, do, we didn't go to the T-bar chassis on fairway woods. It's a much smaller body, um, head body, if you will. But what we did was really change the baffler technology to add in a split rail design. So when you think about the baffler rails we've had for a number of years, you know, they're great at uh, helping maintain ball speed through the ground impacts and actually improving that for most players. But what we found mm -hmm. was, in general, when you put those kind of baffler rails on the sole, they stiffen the sole quite a bit. And what we've learned the last uh, 10, 15 years in design is really that those, those, those structures need to be more flexible. When you're more flexible in the head, you actually can retain more ball speed and give the, the shot a more distance. So what we did was we actually put in what we call hollow split rails. So we hollowed out the rails in the front and put a little split that you could see on the outside. So now they act like a much more flexible system. So they give you all the benefits of improved ground interaction, plus a lot more speed and higher launch than we've had in previous years. So we expect those to have a great year uh, in terms of the fairway woods with the, the new speed zones. Yeah, I love that. I love the rails. And especially for you guys, when you think about your lineage, that's a really cool thing that you're doing that again, too, as well. All right, before we let you go here, uh, Tom, we get, we've got about a minute 30 left. I, I, I'm sorry I spent so much time with the driver, but I was so, I'm fascinated by it. But let's talk about the speed zone irons uh, as well, variable length and one length options that are out there. What makes the speed zone iron special? Well, some big improvements this year. Uh, first ever in golf is a carbon fiber top line. And so what we've done is made an I-beam structure in the steel up top and hollowed out some material and saved some weight and replaced that with carbon fiber. Now, carbon fiber is very stiff, so we get all the stiffness we want up for that frame around the head, but we save over three grams. And we take that three grams from up high and put it down low. So these are going to be some of the lowest CG irons you've ever seen in a Cobra game improvement iron. And we've done some other things with our power shell technology by thinning the face and improving the speed channel, the way that works. So get a lot more speed, a lot more ball flight, and a lot more distance while still maintaining that easy up playability that Cobra's been known for. Where is the best place for people to go for more information on any of this? Well, go to CobraGolf.com. It's a great website, and we have all the particulars and information and specs. So it would be a good place to go hunt for those new Cobra Golf Clubs. Tom, I wish you the very best. Thank you for taking the time to join us, and I hope you guys have a great 2020. 
Thanks, Matt. Always great talking with you. Hey, we've decided to do something different with our listeners' trip to the French Lick Resort this year. FrenchLick.com, if you just want to check out everything that they have to offer, and it is a lot, and that's the attitude that we have with our listeners' trip as well. We want to make it a lot of cool stuff to do and a lot of fun to be had, and that includes taking in the partners that we have as part of the Fairways of Life show along for the ride, and that includes when you guys show up. We're going to give you a new driver. When you guys show up, we're going to make sure that you end up with a custom-fit set of irons as well. Nobody else is going to do this kind of stuff. And we're going to play some incredible golf, and you're going to be hanging out with Hall of Famers and legends of the game. It's going to be that unique. Spice in, incredible meals, uh, historic tours, spa visits. Maybe we'll do some bowling. Dom, let's do some, some pizza dinners around the bowling alley that they have downstairs at the French Lick Springs Hotel. We're going to do so many cool and fun things. This is one of the, the trips, listeners' trips, and we've done a lot of them over the years that I am the most looking forward to. Frenchlick.com is, is the website for the resort. Fairwaysoflife.com is where you can sign up for our digital magazine, either from our website, from the digital magazine and until we get our dedicated web page set up those are the places where you're going to be able to get information on this one because it'll sell out fast i hope you guys join us the quality of lampkin grips is something that's been consistent for many many years bob lampkin is the president and ceo of lampkin grips and bob first of all thanks for joining us how are you how have you been Matt, it's good to see you again, buddy. Good to talk to you. It's been a while since last year. Yeah, it's. I think it was last year at this very same show, so I'm looking forward to seeing the booth and seeing everything new. I do have three new grips in my hands that you guys sent out to media just before the PGA show at ST Hybrid with the Calibre technology, the, the Smooth Tech ST, etc. But I thought I would toss it back to you and kind of let you go whatever direction you want to, Bob, to get us ready for Lampkin Grips in 2020. Well, you know, we're excited about 2020 for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, one of the big excitement buzz we have at Lampkin, which I'm really proud of, is 95 years of, of being in the golf space and being in the golf industry. So that's really exciting, you know, to us. And then a lot of times, Matt, you'll hear me reflect back on my grandfather and how we started off in Chicago in leather grips and, and how we've evolved the category from – my grandfather wrapping leather grips on a golf shaft to uh, where we're at today with our new Genesis materials and fingerprint technology and how the golf grip space and category has really evolved. Yeah, and it's, I, I mean, I'm looking at part of that evolution, which is a reminder on the back of these grips that feels absolutely fantastic. So in those 95 years from your grandfather wrapping leather to where we are right now with multi-materials and can be used in multi-conditions, it's a pretty amazing evolution. And the stuff that I'm seeing for 2020 looks like it's absolutely in keeping with that growth and that path. Well, you know, the, the, the challenge and the goals we have at Lampkin from a development perspective um, with our grips is actually to bring uh, technology and improvement into the category. Um, you know, we're, we're far beyond the, the time of, of taking the same type of grip and just putting a different color material on or a paint fill. And what we have really centered our attention on are the materials used in the product and the surface patterns um, as a combination of the material. And that's you'll hear us talk a lot at, at Lampkin to, to golfers worldwide about the Genesis material development and the fingerprint technology um, or the surface pattern of the grip 
those combinations together really lend itself to our grips being played in different climates around the world, uh, hot mm. conditions, wet conditions, um, and, of course, here in San Diego, the beautiful 72 and sunny degree weather we have all year round. That's awesome. What, what can you tell us about that Genesis material? Well, what, through our product testings with tour players, um, with golfers um, around the globe, there were specific concerns about golf grips. And the Genesis material, for example, what we've developed, uh, golfers, when I grew up in Chicago and, and golfers in, in Ireland, Scotland in particular, when the weather gets cold, the materials that we've used in the past that were made out of a natural rubber would react to that climate. In other words, they, in the cold weather, they would get very hard. Um, yep. And, of course, if you're mishitting shots, you, know, you would feel that shock and vibration up into the shaft. And in warm weather, the grip would have a tendency to get soft and mushy. So what we've developed with Genesis material, if you're playing in a 50-degree, kind of a cold and windy day, or if you're playing in a very hot day, that material is going to stay consistent through the weather temperature changes. And we felt that was a vast improvement of materials that have been used in the past. Oh, my gosh. Even that's amazing to think that you have that kind of control over a grip in a vast variety of, of conditions and temperatures and, and, and weather throughout the globe is amazing to me. Uh, I'm looking at the SmoothTac ST as well, and that's another very compelling, very interesting approach, Bob, because you're talking about using multi-materials so you have different feels for different hands that, with the way that you're gripping the club. Even even what I'm looking at here is is impressive. Absolutely, and then again, Matt. So when if we if we go to the second stage of our development process with the fingerprint technology, we we, we conquered the what we felt was a material advancement, and then we looked at the surface patterns of the grip. And one of the areas of golf grips, and I know you have been playing golf for so many years, like I have, is is grip pressure. And we centered our attention on developing surface pattern materials to allow us to have a lighter grip pressure, but you still have to be confident in your grip. You don't want it too light where it's slipping around, but you don't want to be actually adding grip pressure, which is going to curtail you know, your swing, your turn, and that good stuff. So we, we were looking at grip pressure and actually fatigue factor that – you don't want you know you, you don't want your hands to get your gripping it so tired you know so hard that your grips get tired. Your hands are really working hard at it. So the fingerprint technology allows us to have a really light, secure grip, right? And that's going to allow you to actually get some speed, especially for senior golfers. We felt that they weren't getting enough speed, and the lighter mm-hmm. grip pressure allows us to turn more and allows us to get a little extra speed in your swing, which we felt, again, that was a game improvement area of the grip itself. And as you've been uh, alluding to here, Bob Lampkin is, is our guest, the president and CEO of Lampkin Grips. It's a combination of technologies that are coming together in these different grips. When did it and how did you guys conceive the Calibrate technology that are on the back of these sample grips that I have? Well, and I can, I can harken back into my grandfather's day when we were making leather grips, um, you know, for the industry. Basically, back in the day, most of all the grips had that reminder core in the back to help you orientate your hands, right? And mm-hmm. as we've gone through the years, the reminder core became less popular, not so much with 
with the players, but with the manufacturers because it was more difficult to install that grip on a shaft with a reminder core. So the manufacturers of the golf clubs just naturally went to a round core grip, which made it easier for installation. But for many, many years, players have used the, the Calibrate technology or a reminder core to help orientate your hands on, on the golf club because as we know and as golfers know, if your grip isn't right, you're probably not going to be successful through the golf swing. So the reminder so, core is really a great benefit for golfers to actually get your hands on the golf shaft properly. Oh, if, it feels fantastic, Bob, but how is it for, because many of the people that are listening to us are working in golf shops, et cetera, and they're going to be changing grips, how easy is it to use the new Calibrate technology and make sure that you get these things just right? Well, it's interesting because you can see the visible technology on, on, the, on the, the, the back of the grip. So mm-hmm. the, the, our, our technology, our visible technology, when you're installing that grip on a shaft, you can see right away if it's not aligned properly because it'll look twisted to you. So in addition, the, the durometer or the firmness of the grip allows it when you're in, installing that grip on the shaft it, it's it's not going to move around because the grip is just firm enough where it's going to it's going to hold its installation properties. It's awesome, man. Are Bob? What about twenty twenty in general? Are you as excited about twenty twenty for Lampkin grips as you've ever been? Well, I have to tell you, I I, I remember this is when my dad and I started working together back when thirty three years thirty three four years ago. Um, I, I looked at this as a part-time job, so I have the longest part-time job, in the, I think, in the golf <laughs> history. So, and I'm still as excited and uh, about what we're what we're doing here at Lampkin because we have a great staff of people all through the company that are committed to taking the golf grip category, the space, and improving on it. And that's what's exciting because every day we come to work, you know, we're always looking at at the golf grips, how we can make them better. And one of the advantages that we've had is we've looked at, at grips that are outside of the golf space, whether it's a ski pole handle, a lacrosse, um, even lawn and garden equipment, and we look at the design and the materials used in those different types of, of um, applications, whether, you know, if, if it's a bicycle grip, and we look at the properties in those grips and see how they apply to golf. And I think that's what it's really exciting because, there's so much out there that we can still continue to improve um, on the grips. I know that for many of you that are listening to us right now in our conversation with Bob, you guys are passionate about the game of golf and you want to learn as much as you can about every piece of it. Well, if you log on to lampkingrips.com, lampkingrips.com, you can see everything that we are discussing here with Bob Lampkin so that you can do your own research. Uh, and for those of you that either in an aftermarket put your own grips on or maybe you're regripping a set of clubs or you're looking to buy new and you want to make sure it has the absolute top quality on that club, make sure it has Lampkin grips on that club. Bob, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations with the 95 years. That is amazing. And the fact that you can hearken back to, to your grandfather with those leather grips and then amazing too to think about where you are with the technology today, how diverse it is, how complex it is, and yet how comfortable it is and simple it is for, for golfers to use it and to play better with your grips. Well, Matt, I always appreciate you having me on and, and allow us to talk about Lampkin because I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of where we're, where we're going, and uh, we're going to continue to keep working at it. So 
Thanks again, and I hope to see you earlier than again next year. How's that? I look forward to that, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Okay, my friend. Thank you much. Thanks for joining us today on the Fairways of Life show from the PGA Merchandise Show. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye for now.